Today is the 22nd day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It's great to be here with you today as we gather again around the global campfire. Find a little seat, a little place, a little cozy oasis here for ourselves as we continue our journey forward. We have been working through the book of Genesis since we began this year. And we're still in the book of Genesis. We will finish up Genesis this week. But at this point, we are in the thick of the story of one of Israel's sons. His name is Joseph, who has, uh, who has rescued Egypt. He was trafficked into slavery. But in the end, he has become second in command only to Pharaoh over the land of Egypt. And his brothers who trafficked him into slavery are trying to buy food from Egypt. And at this point, Joseph is testing his brothers. And that testing is revealing their hearts. So today, Genesis chapters 44 and 45. Joseph gave commands to his household manager. Fill the men's sacks with as much food as they'll hold, and put each man's silver at the top of his sack. Put my cup, the silver cup, on top of the youngest brother's sack, together with the silver for his grain. So he did just as Joseph told him to do. At dawn, the men and their donkeys were sent off. They had left the city but hadn't gone far when Joseph said to his household manager, Get ready, go after the men and catch up with them. Ask them. Why have you repaid hospitality with ingratitude? Isn't this the cup my master drinks from and uses to discover God's plans? What you've done is despicable. When he caught up to them, he repeated these words. They replied, Why does my master talk to us like this? Your servants would never do such a thing. The silver that we found at the top of our sacks we've just brought back to you from the land of Canaan. We didn't steal silver or gold from your master's house. Whoever of your servants is found with it will be put to death, and we'll be my master's slaves. He said, Fine, we'll do just as you've said. Whoever is found with it will be my slave, and the rest of you will go free. Everyone quickly lowered their sacks down to the ground, and each opened his sack. He searched the oldest first and the youngest last, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. At this they tore their clothing. Then everyone loaded their donkeys and they returned to the city. When Judah and his brothers arrived at Joseph's house, he was still there, and they fell to the ground in front of him. Joseph said to them, What's this you've done? Didn't you know someone like me can discover God's plans? Judah replied, what can we say to my master? What words can we use? How can we prove we are innocent? God has found your servants guilty. We are now your slaves, all of us, including the one found with the cup. Joseph said, I'd never do such a thing. Only the man found with the cup will be my slave. As for the rest of you, you are free to go back to your father. Judah approached him and said, Please, my master, allow your servant to say something to my master without getting angry with your servant, since you are like Pharaoh himself. My master asked his servants, 
do you have a father or brother? And we said to my master, yes, we have an elderly father and a young brother born when he was old. His brother is dead and he's his mother's only child, but his father loves him. You told your servants, bring him down to me so I can see him. And we said to my master, the young man can't leave his father. If he leaves, his father will die. You said to your servants, if your youngest brother doesn't come down with you, you'll never see my face again. When we went back to my father, your servant, we told him what you said. Our father told us, go back and buy for us a little food. But we said, we can't go down. We will go down only if our youngest brother is with us. We won't be able to gain an audience with the man without our youngest brother with us. Your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife gave birth to two sons for me. One disappeared, and I said, He must have been torn up by a wild animal, and I haven't seen him since. And if you take this one from me too, something terrible will happen to him, and you will send me, old as I am, to my grave in despair. When I now go back to your servant, my father, without the young man, whose life is so bound up with his, and when he sees that the young man isn't with us, he will die, and your servants will have sent our father, your servant, old as he is, to his grave in grief. I, your servant, guaranteed the young man's safety to my father, telling him, if I don't bring him back to you, it will be my fault forever. Now please, let your servant stay as your slave instead of the young man, so that he can go back with his brothers. How can I go back to my father without the young man? I couldn't bear to see how badly my father would be hurt. Joseph could no longer control himself in front of all of his attendants, so he declared, Everyone, leave now! So no one stayed with him when he revealed his identity to his brothers. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians in Pharaoh's household heard him. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. Is my father really still alive? His brothers couldn't respond because they were terrified before him. Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they moved closer. He said, I'm your brother, Joseph, the one you sold to Egypt. Now, don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me here. Actually, God sent me before you to save lives. We've already had two years of famine in the land and there are five years left without planting or harvesting. God sent me before you to make sure you'd survive and to rescue your lives in this amazing way. You didn't send me here. It was God who made me a father to Pharaoh, master of his entire household and ruler of the whole land of Egypt. Hurry, go back to your father. Tell him this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master of all of Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You may live in the land of Goshen, so you will be near me, your children, your grandchildren, your flocks, your herds, and everyone with you. I will support you there 
so you, your household, and everyone with you won't starve, since the famine will still last five years. You and my brother Benjamin have seen with your own eyes that I'm speaking to you. Tell my father about my power in Egypt and about everything you've seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. He threw his arms around his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his shoulder. He kissed all of his brothers and wept, embracing them. After that, his brothers were finally able to talk to him. When Pharaoh's household heard the message, Joseph's brothers have arrived. Both Pharaoh and his servants were pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Give your brothers these instructions. Load your pack animals and go back to the land of Canaan. Get your father and your households and come back to me. Let me provide you with good things from the land of Egypt so that you may eat the land's best food. Give them these instructions too. Take wagons from the land of Egypt for your children and wives and pick up your father and come back. Don't worry about your possessions because you will have good things from the entire land of Egypt. So Israel's sons did that. Joseph gave them wagons as Pharaoh instructed and he gave them provisions for the road. To all of them he gave a change of clothing, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of clothing. To his father he sent 10 male donkeys carrying goods from Egypt, 10 female donkeys carrying grain and bread, and rations for his father for the road. He sent his brothers off, and as they were leaving he told them, Don't be worried about the trip. So they left Egypt and returned to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan. They announced to him, Joseph's still alive. He's actually ruler of all the land of Egypt. Jacob's heart nearly failed. He didn't believe them. When they told them everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the wagons Joseph had sent to carry him, Joseph recovered. And Israel said, This is too much. My son, Joseph, is still alive. Let me go and see him before I die. Matthew 14, 13-36 When Jesus heard about John, he withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. When the crowds learned this, they followed him on foot from the cities. When Jesus arrived and saw a large crowd, he had compassion for them and healed those who were sick. That evening, his disciples came and said to him, This is an isolated place and it's getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, There's no need to send them away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here except five loaves of bread and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. He ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves of bread and the two fish, looked up to heaven, blessed them, and broke the loaves apart and gave them to his disciples. Then the disciples gave them to the crowds. Everyone ate until they were full, and they filled twelve baskets with the leftovers, about 5,000 men plus women and children had eaten. 
Right then, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. When he sent them away, he went up onto a mountain by himself to pray. Evening came and he was alone. Meanwhile, the boat, fighting a strong headwind, was being battered by the waves and was already far away from land. Very early in the morning, he came to his disciples walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! They were so frightened, they screamed. Just then, Jesus spoke to them, Be encouraged. It's me. Don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, order me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat and was walking on the water toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the strong wind, he became frightened. As he began to sink, he shouted, Lord, rescue me. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him, saying, You man of weak faith, why did you begin to have doubts? When they got into the boat, the wind settled down. Then those in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, You must be God's son. When they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. When the people who lived in that place recognized him, they sent word throughout that whole region, and they brought to him everyone who was sick. Then they begged him that they might just touch the edge of his clothes. Everyone who touched him was cured. Psalm 18, 37-50 I chased my enemies and caught them. I didn't come home until I finished them off. I struck them down. They couldn't get up again. They fell under my feet. You equipped me with strength for war. You brought my adversaries down underneath me. You made my enemies turn tail from me. I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. They cried for help to the Lord but he wouldn't answer them. I crushed them like dust blown away by the wind. I threw them out like mud dumped in the streets. You delivered me from struggles with many people. You appointed me the leader of many nations. Strangers come to serve me. After hearing about me, they obey me. Foreigners grovel before me. Foreigners lose their nerve. They come trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives. Bless God, my rock. Let the God of my salvation be lifted high. This is the God who avenges on my behalf, who subdues people before me, who delivers me from my enemies. Yes, you lifted me high above my adversaries. You delivered me from violent people. That's why I thank you, Lord, in the presence of the nations. That's why I sing praises to your name. You are the one who gives great victories to your king, who shows faithful love to your anointed one, to David and to his descendants forever. Proverbs 4, 11-13 I teach you the path of wisdom. 
I lead you in straight courses. When you walk, you won't be hindered. When you run, you won't stumble. Hold on to instruction. Don't slack off. Protect it, for it is your life. Okay, so in the book of Genesis today, in the story of Joseph, we reach this great crescendo, right? All this tension that we've been working through as we've watched the story unfold is now before us. Joseph reveals who he is to his brothers, right? So he does this this testing again, hiding things in their grain sacks and can look like just trickery, but there's testing going on. He's looking for something in his brothers. And we begin to see this when Judah, the oldest brother, steps forward. And it's like a heartbreaking scene because these guys are broken. They feel the full weight of their previous actions coming down upon them. So Judah steps forward and says, when I go back to my father, without this young man whose life is so bound up with his. And when he sees that he's not with us, he's gonna die. And your servants will have sent our father, like we will have killed him. Old as he is, we will have sent him to the grave in grief. I guaranteed his safety to my father. I told him that if I don't bring him back to you, it'll be my fault forever. So please... Please let me be the slave. Let me be here instead of him. Let him go back to my father with his brothers. Because how can I go back without him? I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I wouldn't be able to bear to see how badly this would kill my dad. How bad this would hurt him. Man, you can just feel it in the scene, right? And so this confession from Judah, that's Joseph's discerning his brother's hearts because these men had tried to destroy him and they had sold him, they had trafficked him. But now he's watching them step forward and his brother is willing to to sacrifice himself for Rachel's other son, Joseph because of what they had done to Joseph and because of their love for their father, Jacob. And so Joseph has compassion and that's a beautiful, beautiful scene. He sends everybody out and then he just loses it. As you can imagine, he just loses it. He, He loves his brothers. He loves his family. He wants to see his brother, Benjamin. He wants to see his dad. And the brothers are just like going, what the heck is actually happening here? And so check out Joseph. Joseph, this is like, this is the lesson right here. This is what it all boils down to for us to wrestle with. Joseph says, don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And that right there 
is a big lesson in the long view of life. A life that will have wilderness, a life that will have valleys, a life that will have mountaintops, a life that we will have to endure. Joseph, we just read this story and Joseph has every legitimate reason to, to sink into the deepest despair and depression to actually fall off the deep end and lose his mind in bitterness. The things that he had to endure, like from the time that he's just coming of age in his arrogance, he's just coming of age from that point forward, everything he has to endure is unjust. And it cost him years, vital years, like his best years, his best, most vital years. And yet, in this story, as we just don't see that. He doesn't lose sight that there's got to be something bigger going on. And we never see him blaming God for the circumstances. He's holding on to God for the only strand of hope he's got. He's not blaming God. He's hoping in God. He had to know there's more that it's going on. And he stayed true and he trusted God. He had been given these advanced dreams early. He trusted God in the entire process. I watched this story and marvel, like read through this. And I mean, there were times earlier in my life, I was like, yeah, that's how you do it right there. But man, living this out when, um, when you're flattened, Right? When life has come with a hurricane and and the next morning there's nothing left and you're just trying to figure out like where all your stuff went. Like when life blows through or wilderness happens to us, this is a story we're supposed to cling to. I'm not claiming that we read the story of Joseph and then it's easy for us. I don't suppose the Dungeoneers were in any way a good time for Joseph. I don't imagine that being stripped away from his family and the security of his father and the mentoring, the fathering of his father, just losing all that in one day. I don't I don't imagine that that was a good that was a that was fun, that he had a good time. There's a passage in the New Testament in the writings of the Apostle Paul, we haven't gotten to those yet. It'll be a while before we do. But in the book of Romans, Paul says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And a lot of times that's like a band-aid kind of scripture that encapsulates this story. But the backdrop of this story reveals the truth, right? It's not like being trafficked into slavery is not good. Being a slave is not good. The dungeon is not good. But there's purpose in all of it, depending on how you are looking at things. Joseph is hoping in God and trying to be available in some sort of way to have his eyes open and to be useful instead of just burying himself and saying, well, I'm in the dungeon. I'm at the bottom. Life is over. Sometimes the long view is all we've got because the short view is crushing. 
but it's, it's not the end of the story. We've been given the gift of every breath that we have, and it takes a long time for us to live out these lives. And they go through seasons, and the scriptures speak to each of them. And so, Father, we invite you into the seasons that we are in as we, as we move toward the end of the book of Genesis, as we move further and conclude the story of Joseph. It's an encouraging story because it has a good ending. When we're in the story and we don't know that it has a good ending and it only seems like bad things keep happening, that's different. And that was the story for Joseph for all of those years. May we remember this. May we hope in you. There is no other hope. And may we find that we can be content and that we can be aware and that we can be involved in where we actually are instead of just hoping for where we might be. We hope where we might be will come soon, but where we are has something for us. May we find it. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is home base. That's the website. That's where you find what's going on around here. So check it out. Check out the different sections. Like, check out the community section. It's where you can find uh, links to get connected on social media, but that's where the prayer wall lives. And uh, that's always available for us. We can always go there and uh, just share. Just unload a little bit of the load and allow brothers and sisters to begin to kind of carry it in prayer just the encouragement of knowing we're not alone that we're seen that we're heard that's what the prayer wall is and that can be found in the community section if you want to partner with the daily audio bible thank you thank you profoundly there is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com if you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app, or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Good morning, family. I first want to say thank you to Brian. This is my first time recording a prayer. My name is Ginger. I'm from Connecticut. And I have a I try very hard to live by, and that is to live. And it's an acronym, live in victory every day. Two years ago, I lost my son uh, rather abruptly, magically. And I'm asking for prayer from the Dab family because the process and the transition that I'm going through, it's, it's very daunting. But I thank God for 
he's put into my life and the peace that he has brought unto me. And I just pray, I pray for my two grandchildren who are two girls born to my son, uh, that they, oh God, will uh, be strengthened as well. They're very young, three years old and 12. And at the time of death, they were uh, 11 months and 10 years old. So I'm just praying, oh God, that you will continue life bless my transition my journey because that's exactly what it is it's a journey i miss my son i love him and i thank god that i have the two daughters to continue the process of loving them through his absence but god i love you i adore you i give you all praise and all honor for the great and mighty things you have done in my life it's not easy but it's bearable because I know that you are in Jesus' name, amen. Hello, DAB family. This is Diana from Florida, and I want to pray for Stacy from New Jersey's teenage son who's involved in a relationship that's leading him to addiction. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up Stacy's son in this hour, Lord. And Father God, this young man from what Stacy has explained, has grown up in a loving a home that is a praying home that loves God, but now has strayed away because of a girl that has come, I guess, into his life. And so, dear God, I pray in the name of Jesus, you would bring wisdom. Stacy was asking for discernment to choose between right and wrong, that his child would have discernment. I pray that wisdom would come upon this man and that he would not despise the wisdom. Oh, Father God, that he would not despise of his mother, the admonition of his father, but that in the name of Jesus right now, you would soften his heart, oh Lord God, to heed the wisdom from his family, from the people around him who are over his life. I pray that you would bring the conditions, prepare the conditions accordingly for him to be able to listen and receive that and choose to leave this relationship, Father God. I pray eliminate the blinders in his eyes in the name of Jesus that are that are currently blinding him to what is happening and that instead he would see the the toxic in this relationship and cut it off in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh Lord, and may his heart be turned to you and turned to your love and salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello, Dabbers. This is I wanted to um, pray for Butterfly from Bakersville. Your voice is so calm, but you're hurting so much. So God, we thank you for letting her call in today. That she called back again and that we're hearing her call again and it might be something different but God you heard her when she uttered these words in her heart in her head in her home for help and she keeps calling she keeps listening God so I pray that she just be steadfast and unmovable and keep trusting you and keep praying and sitting at your feet until the situation shifts, God. And in the process, 
room, that she will worship you and praise your holy and righteous name, that she will gain strength from you in every situation. God, that your angels unaware will encamp her wherever she goes and speak life into her. That she I want to pray for teacher of his littles from South Dakota. You were calling in, talking about how kind and wonderful God's yellow flowers voice is. And it is. It's, your voice is the same. And we also, I have the same profession as you. I also teach preschool. And I have three, four, and five-year-olds. And the same things that you say every morning, I say the same thing. Now, I don't have sit and ponder in the mornings. We open at six o'clock in the morning um, every day. I don't have to be there at six, but there's just times I come in and I hit the ground running. But as they're taking naps, I'm always praying and touching and asking God to touch. God bless you for your kind voice. Hi, Dad family. This is Maylin in Hawaii. I'm a first time caller into the Daily Audio Bible Prayer Line. I'd like to pray for the Father whose son is having He called in on January 17th. I just ask that you all rally around me as I pray for this son in California. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of mercy and grace on behalf of this family whose son is having heart challenges. We know that it's your will first and foremost that he come to know you, Father. So we pray for his salvation. Because your word says that you seek and save those which are lost. So we ask through this health challenge that you would speak to his heart, that you would speak to the heart of this son to come to know you just as his parents do. And of course, we know that your word says you are Jehovah Rapha. God. So we pray for healing for this young man. We thank you for the wisdom of the doctors that anything they do and everything they do will be done by your wisdom and by your power and by your strength and your guidance. We ask the Holy Spirit to be in that. I want to also blanket pray for all families who have children that are challenged with um, health challenges or um, that are the parents are praying for their salvation. We trust you, Lord. Your word is yea and amen that our prayers are bottled up in heaven to be released at that right moment. So we pray for all our children, all our grandchildren, and we also leave all of them before your throne of mercy and grace, knowing that you are a God who loves and that your perfect will will be done in their life. And it's in Jesus' precious name we all pray, amen and amen.